Welcome back to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. I am your host, Daniel Rhoda, and with me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing today, Father? I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting over a cold, as most people know, and so hope they don't cough too much through this episode, uh, this show. Uh, I was at somebody's house the other night. Some parishioners invited me over for supper on Sunday night, and uh, and on Monday night too. Monday night wasn't so bad at this, but Sunday night I was at the, this family's house and eating supper, and I was coughing like all evening long. And then we played games. We played some card games and stuff. I couldn't stop coughing. And it's like this annoying little like <coughs> kind of thing, you know, and everyone, so I got to like really turn my head and try to, it's just like a, a scratchy cough. So anyways, yeah. that's how I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm praying my way through the, <laughs> the cold and uh, yesterday's weather of heavy wind and no electricity and rain was not very helpful to it, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. So how are you, Daniel? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I'm kind of going through the, like, slight fall into winter, like, depression where I'm just like, ah, you know, it's it's hard to wake up in the mornings. And yeah. And then it gets, hits, like, 6 o'clock. And I'm like, all right, I'm, well, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> and so it's dark now in yeah, the mornings, yeah. you know. You kind of want Exa- that daylight yeah. savings yep. things to come along. But yeah, it's, but, um, it's dark in the morning. I don't like that. Yeah, so getting through that, that's been uh, that's been kind of rough the last week but i think we're i think we're finally getting used to it that's good um but but yeah or else yeah things are going things are going well good um yeah we've i've got a furnace in the rectory finally yeah you got heat so, so i got heat great. finally <laughs> so like I, i've been i've been without heat basically all of september uh, i think uh yeah so it was um you know the, the rectory at st lawrence was all electric heat and our electric bill at the rectory was really really high in the winter because of the electric heat um and uh, so what we decided to do is put uh, uh, actually forced air and gas. So the city finally got the gas hooked up. And, um, yeah, so now I, I finally have heat back in the house, which is really nice. And it's going to be we're, we'll make that money back on that investment really fast based off of what we save with our heating bills. So yeah, that's great. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so <laughs> The little things, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um. So, so what do we got going on this week in the parishes? Um, so, we're going to talk about adoration today throughout the episode or throughout the show. But um, so we started that yesterday. Today is Tuesday as we record, and on Monday we had our first day of adoration, which was really great. We'll talk more about it. And tomorrow in Holy Family we'll have our first day of adoration. We're going to be doing Monday and Wednesday every week in the two mm-hmm. parishes, and so. Uh, but more of that to come, and so that's exciting. Um, what we have coming up next week on Halloween, which is, uh, you know, um, approaching All Saints Day, is uh, our All Saints party Halloween night. So the handmaids put on that party, and we had a lot of fun last year. We had people of all ages come and dressed up as saints. So it's the sister's invitation to heaven to us. And so um, that's next Thursday evening. Um, what time did they say? Four, it was four to eight? Six to eight? I think I think six to eight. Six to eight, right? I always get there's so many things going on. Like what what time was that one at, you know? <coughs> we also on Thursday night, you know, if you're listening to this, um this will air today, Tuesday. Um so Thursday night at Holy Family, uh we have St. Joe's Knights of Columbus spaghetti um feed at Holy Family. And their spaghetti is top notch. So best spaghetti in town. 
Thursday night at Holy Family. So come on over for that. That's a, that'll be a fun evening. Last week we had the pork line dinner at Holy Family. That was really, really good. Today is the feast day of St. John Paul II. So um, that's a, today's a special feast day. And <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, a lot of us got to see St. John Paul II, um, you know, and a lot of us got to kind of grow up or just journey through his whole papacy. And so a lot of people have memories of him and remember him and obviously uh, saw the influence he had on the world and on the church. And then for some of us, a little bit more personally, we had more personal encounters or opportunities with him. Um, so a really kind of cool thing that happened to me in the life of St. John Paul II, and he wouldn't have remembered this or known this or anything like that, but I went to World Youth Day in Toronto, and I had the chance to meet JP2 a couple different times in Rome. You know, we got to, like, shake his hand and say hello and that kind of thing. But I went to World Youth Day in Toronto, and at the opening ceremonies, this is kind of a longer story. I'll try to make it a minute-long story. But <coughs> we we got to the opening ceremonies early in the morning so we could be right up by the stage. I had to leave. Um, I was supposed to go do an interview with Tom Brokoff, actually, um, for whatever he was doing, NBC Nightly News or whatever okay. he did back then. He was I don't know if you remember Brokoff. No, I don't. Okay, so yeah. older folks would remember him <laughs> or people my age. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a nationally televised. They wanted a youth to interview about this World Youth Day thing going on. But I realized if I go do that interview, I'm never going to get back up here. And we were right up front, you know. I came to see, see the Pope close. So I went and found Bishop Schnur, who was our bishop at the time, and he's the one who had asked me. And I said, Bishop Schnur, I said, can I skip the Brokoff interview? And he was like, well, why? I said, well, we've got a great spot way up front, and I'm never going to get back up there, and I came here to see the Pope. As cool as it would be to like be on TV and everything, I, I came here to be close to the Holy Father. So he's like, yeah, that's fine, right? He kind of smiled at me, and he says, that's fine. Go on, go out. You can go up there. <coughs> I was a youth minister at the time in Cloquet. I was in a seminary, and, um, although I was on, heading back to the seminary. Um, so I, I went back up there, and about an hour after I got back up there, here came this priest down the, down the fence line, and I recognized him as the one who was in charge of World Youth Day, and I knew he knew Bishop Schnur. So when he got to us, I said, you know, hello, Father. I said, you know, we're from the Diocese of Duluth, and greetings from Bishop Schnur. And he looked at me, and he said, you, over the fence. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, jump over the fence. I was like, why? He's like, we're going to bring you on stage with the Holy Father. So... I got to go up on the stage at the opening ceremony. So there's like 300,000, 400,000 people there. They brought up, and they went through this crowd of 300,000, 400,000 people, and they, they pulled out about maybe 50 youth and put us on the stairs, like at the feet of Pope John Paul II. So the first time I ever saw him, actually, you could see the top of his head as he came through the crowd. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome watching this massive crowd from being up and up on the stage, this really high stage. But the first time I ever saw St. John Paul II, I'm looking out at the crowd, and the crowd goes nuts. Turn around, and, you know, they had brought him through backstage and everything. Turn around, and he's 10 feet from me, leaning on his cane, giving his, you know, classic wave, and the crowd going nuts, and he's just looking at them, and he was 10 feet away. And then that whole ceremony, we were, we were 30 feet from him, sitting on the stage. Um, one of the coolest things I've ever experienced in my life, probably. So That's crazy. That's my... St. John Paul II, one of my St. John Paul II stories. I got a lot of them. Yeah. 
was able to be at his funeral. I ended up at his beatification, totally out of the blue, and then ended up at his canonization. Um, yeah, so he's he is a saint that a lot of us are really close yeah. to. Yeah. Well, one of my really good uh, <coughs> friends, who he's a priest with the uh, Salt Order. Yep. Um, Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, and he got um, he got ordained by JP two. He got ordained a priest by JP two. Yeah, in Rome, right? Yeah, in Rome. Yeah. So he has a pretty cool picture of it. Um, yeah. He's telling us all about it. That's so, the yeah, thing. JP two, cool. you know, I was t- saying this morning at, at the daily mass is, you know, he had this big worldwide impact. I mean, he, Ronald Reagan says John Paul II was the person who brought down communism. Like he's the one who actually brought the wall down. Um, more so even than Reagan. Like, so he had this huge impact and he had a huge impact on the church universal and everything, but he had such an impact on personal lives in such a big way. Um, just really amazing how how impactful he was on individuals in being such a large figure. And um he did it in a lot of amazing different kinds of ways. So Yeah. He yep. was a powerhouse, powerhouse pope. Powerhouse yeah. person, really. Yeah. We'll see how many uh JP2s we have at the All Saints party, <coughs> huh? Hey, maybe I'll do a JP2. Maybe I'll go. be JP2. I haven't thought of that. I had, an, I had another <laughs> idea, but I wonder I have to figure out the white cassock really fast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, we went probably a little bit longer than we should have on that, but that's okay. That's because okay. It's his feast yeah, day. Yeah, it's, it's his feast day, um, and, I mean, he, he deserves to be talked about. That's you right. Know, he's a, a, a model of life. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I guess uh, we'll kind of transition to the, the main um, topic for today's show, which is adoration, yeah. um, something that we've been starting at the parishes this week. Um, like you said, we just had um, adoration at St. Lawrence yesterday, and Holy Family starts tomorrow. So it's going to be every Monday and Wednesday. Um, Mondays at St. Lawrence from 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., and then uh, Holy Family from 8.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be it, it's really exciting to, to, to start start this it, in the parishes. It really is, and, you know, um, as the pastor... <coughs> Excuse me, I coughed there. Dad might cut that out. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a tangible there's a tangible grace in that we're doing adoration. Um, my day yesterday was very very different than most days in a really really good way, and I completely link that to the fact that there's people praying before the Blessed Sacrament here on the grounds and in the parishes. Um, I, it, it's such a powerful r- reality for me, both interiorly but also externally. You just see a difference, right? One of the other, and, and the, yesterday, every time I came in here at least and came into the chapel <coughs> or walked by the chapel or through the church and you, know, you can look through the windows in here, at St. Lawrence, uh, there was always four plus, four plus people here. It wasn't just one person whenever I w- was in here or walked by. It was always four to six people. Even last night for benediction, which we hope more people can come to at, you know, the benediction at the end of the day is. But, you know, there were, there were four people here plus me. There was five of us for benediction at 830. You know, it's, it's just a, it's encouraging to see people praying but then you also experience the tangible grace of it. So I'm super grateful that we're doing it, that people have stepped up to 
fill the hours, but also people came through, you know, that weren't signed up, that just came mm-hmm. in and came and spent time with the Lord. Um, yeah, it's it's something. So, yeah. <coughs> um, so, um, why why do we do adoration? You know, like why uh, why like how did that become like a tradition within the church? Um, but then, yeah, I guess what's what's like some. I mean, that's so it's it's a loaded question in many ways. Um, It it really it's an extension of the mass in many ways. So it's it's an extension of that that adoration and the praise and the worship that we give um, to Jesus Christ and to the Father through Jesus. Right. And so it's it's being able to to continue in that that act of adoring the Lord and also receiving and being in his presence. A lot of it, you know, started early on in the church in time periods where there was a there was a, a lack of belief in the Eucharistic presence of Jesus, right? In the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And so you see adoration kind of make these revivals when there's times of doubt in the Eucharist. We live in a time where a lot of people don't believe in the Eucharist. A lot of Catholics that are in the pews don't believe that Jesus is really present in the Eucharist. <coughs> I think that's why adoration has become more and more and more and more popular. Um, more and more people are coming to it. You know, I was reading something with you, Dan, a little bit ago about in Avignon in 1229, I think it was. They had won a battle, and the king said, hey, bring the Eucharist out in the chapel. So they did this. Well, there were so many people that came and adored that the bishop then saw that, and the local bishop there said, hey, let's carry this on perpetually. Let's have the Eucharist out perpetually where people can be adoring constantly through the through the day <coughs> they went almost 600 years of perpetual adoration 24 hours a day until um the french revolution happened and then chaos kind of ensued and they it, it ended up ending but um so you see this history of catholics have done this for a long long time so mm-hmm. it's not like we're creating this new thing or something yeah. you know um <coughs> here's the other thing is if the eucharist is the sacrificial offering of Christ on the cross, it, it's an opportunity for us to sit at the cross of Jesus in a, in a sacramental way, in a, in a physical presence of being at the cross in an unbloodied manner, but being in the presence of the grace of Jesus' offering of himself for the world to the Father. So adoration, too, is this dynamic of being at the cross, do you want to sit at the cross? And what happens to you when you do sit at the cross? And you allow yourself to be loved at the cross. And you, in return, allow yourself to love the Lord at the cross. There's no greater grace than encountering Jesus in his love at the cross and giving your love to Jesus at the cross. Adoration is exactly that in a sacramental way, right? Um, so it's that uh, there's a lot of elements to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that sounds awesome. Makes me want to go to adoration right now. You know, one <laughs> of the, one of the things. You know, I talk about the tangible grace, right? Yeah. So here's something. Here's if you if I could give you homework or you wanted homework, or a way to like, maybe be scientific, if you will, a scientific method, sort of, but also a good for the spiritual life, right? So I mean, it's it's. This is a good spiritual practice too. So a lot of people will journal. <coughs> One thing you might do is right now, 
maybe wherever you're at, or maybe later today or this weekend or something, you know, uh, write down just where you're at. How are you feeling? How's life going? Um, where are you at with the Lord? Maybe write some of your struggles out, but write some interior things out on a piece of paper. Or maybe, maybe do this on Monday morning or Wednesday morning or something. But then go spend a half an hour at adoration. If you've never done it before or you have done it before, just go spend a half an hour. And, and just sit and be in the presence of the Eucharist. And at the end of that half hour, write what's going on inside of you. And then <coughs> maybe take a look back and compare it to where you were a day ago or two days ago. And if you set up that kind of a pattern, there's going to be um, there's going to be a recognition of some grace there, or a lot of grace. Um, sometimes that's what we don't realize. Like we leave, a lot of people will leave adoration, and they're like, "Wow, I feel like just totally different right now." You know, if the kids when they leave here Wednesday night. I think they love adoration because they leave here and there's a different sense in them be because of that time with the Lord. Um, but we don't always stop to recognize, like, I feel and I'm experiencing life in a whole different reality or a different way because of the grace of Christ in the Eucharist than I was before I walked in here even. Mm. And it, it kind of, we notice it, but we don't. <laughs> and sometimes journaling is a good way to recognize it, where we journal maybe at the beginning of a day but then journal at the end of a day that we, in which we've gone and actually spent time in adoration. Or we journal at the end of an adoration time or right before or as we go in and then as we come out. The Lord almost always tangibly works in the heart and mind if we give him time. So it's kind of a tangible thing that I think we can do with the adoration to kind of track where we're, how is this impacting my spiritual life and my relationship with the Lord and also just my life in general and where I'm at inside mm -hmm. of me? Yeah, and I, <coughs> I think one really thing, that really good thing that I like about journaling um, is it's, it's nice to sometimes, like, look back, you know, whether it be, like, six months, like, years, whatever it is, but to look back because it's, it's hard to see the growth when you're just, you know, kind of... Just going through it. Yeah, when you, just, you know, when you have your nose down just every day, but then you look back like six months, a year, and you're less like, wow, I was in such a different spot, and I forgot, yeah. you know? And it's such a great way to see those, like, graces, um, like, that aren't as clear, yeah. like, throughout throughout um, our, our journey that we're on. Yeah, because something like developing, like, going to adoration, doing a holy hour, over time, it's going to gradually really start to mm -hmm. transform your heart in such a beautiful and good way. That's sort of like... When you see people start to talk about adoration because they've done it for a while, like they get super excited because they they're just they're in a different place usually than where they were maybe w when they had. So they they get they go rah 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 for it, right? So it is a good thing to journal because you can actually look back and look more tangibly at the change that's happened. You know, that's one of the things about for those that are particularly priests and religious. You know, we have spiritual directors. Um, because we're more entrenched in uh, some of these spiritual realities, right, and in people's lives and in our own life, but in, in a different kind of way because of our vocation. But our spiritual director can often point out, like, okay, th this is really good. Do you remember three years ago what you were saying <laughs> and where you were? So, like, a good spiritual director is like mm -hmm. a good journal, or a good journal is like a good spiritual director yeah. where you can, 
you can look back and see where, like, oh, man, look at where I've come. I, I forgot about that stuff. So one thing about so some practicals with adoration, right, if we get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is one is a lot of people are good journalers or they, they like to write. So get a prayer journal. You know, get a spiritual journal where you can write your prayers, your, your thoughts in prayer, um, things that you go into prayer with, <coughs> things that you come out of prayer with, things that are happening during prayer. You know, I saw you in here in adoration, you know, with your Bible, and it looked like a journal, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it is. It's just writing your thoughts, inspirations, motivations, or whatever is going on inside of, of the Lord's voice or your own thinking and processing while you're with the Lord in the Eucharist. So journaling is a great thing to do during a holy hour or a holy half hour. Maybe you don't have a full hour. Here's the other thing. Maybe you don't have a full hour. Or maybe you've never done a whole hour, and that's intimidating. Start with a half hour. You know, a half hour is a length of a sitcom. You know I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, you can do it. Trust yeah. me, you can do it. So I think journaling is one, like, practical thing that somebody can do when they come to adoration. <coughs> Here's the other thing. I, I'm more along these lines of come and do nothing. You know, in my homily, one of my homilies this weekend, uh, I know I mentioned deer hunting. And going to adoration is like deer hunting for me. Where you just go and you sit and you do nothing. And you wait. And you listen. And you look. And if you do that, eventually something happens. Um... If you're a deer hunter, you'll get this. You know, if you don't spend the time in the stand, you're probably not going to end up seeing the deer. You probably won't get one. Um, sometimes it happens fast, but usually you got to spend some time just sitting and waiting, and looking, and listening. And when when it happens, it it ha- sometimes happens really quick, and it's it's super exciting and it's incredible. Um, adoration can be like that. You just have to, you have to spend time, and you have to give it time, and you can't, you know, I just razz my buddies who read, read in the deer stand, it's like, there's so many times where they look up from their stinking book, and there's, a, you know, a deer already passed them, you know? Yeah. There is something about going into adoration and not doing anything and allowing the opportunity for God to, to move the heart, the mind, to touch the mind, to mu- touch the heart, to, to really allow something to happen, and so... To just come and sit and be, it's tough for us in today's society, um, but but it, it is a good way to actually come to adoration and not have to think I have to do something. Now, you can also do stuff in adoration, right? You can read a spiritual book. I think that's good. Don't read the newspaper in here. Right? <laughs> don't, be, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't come to adoration and like flip through Facebook. Like, I just think, one, it's kind of insulting to the Lord. It's like looking through Facebook when you're at dinner with somebody. Like, don't do that. Like, just out of respect, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's, that's such a waste. <clears throat> now, a, a good spiritual read can, can get you to a place of being able to at least meditate or think a little bit. Reading the Bible to allow the Word to speak to you and to pray on the, and meditate on the Scriptures when you're in the presence of Jesus really good. Um, said prayers, novenas, um, chaplets, uh, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, for instance, the Rosary. Great things to come and do during your adoration time. And that might mean if you swing by, you know, I got 15 minutes, I got 20 minutes, I got a half hour, come in, pray a rosary in adoration. You know, um, those are some good tangible things um, along with the journaling or just sitting and being. Um, 
the sisters have put, you know, how to make a holy hour. They've got some brochures, so you can look through that. Because there is some different meditations as well that you can walk yourself through. Um, for me, one of the things that I do is I, I a lot of times, like, if I'm going to enter into maybe more of a meditation or a <coughs> kind of put some structure. So, you know, we talk about have a plan when you come in. Um, particularly if you've never done it or you're getting used to it. Like, do have a plan. Plan like, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to read John, the first two chapters of John. And then I'm going to pray on those or think on them or whatever it may be. Or I'm going to go pray the rosary and then I'm going to spend some time in silence, whatever. Come up with a plan. Develop a plan. <coughs> when I come in with a plan, it's usually this. I spend some time just to quiet myself before the Lord and acknowledge that he's present with me. And I, I kind of structure it after the Mass, okay? Then I, I examine my conscience and I ask God for his mercy. My Sometimes it's act of contrition. Sometimes it's just a repetition of, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. And I spend some time just praising the Lord in that. So think of the Gloria, right? Just take some time to praise the Lord and to give him thanks, to maybe run through a little litany of things I'm grateful for, you know, but to just glorify him and acknowledge him as God. Then I turn to the scriptures um, and allow the, the scriptures to speak to me and to my heart. And out of that, allow myself to enter into some meditation on those scriptures, right? <laughs> like the homily time. Mm -hmm. And then coming out of that, um, uh, I usually save petitions usually kind of towards the end. I'll spend some time just being, adoring okay. the Lord and being in his presence and not doing, that's kind of like don't do anything right now kind of part. Mm -hmm. Of just let the Lord be present to me in a deeper way, see what happens. And then allow it time for maybe some petitions, right? To to give the Lord my petitions, those that I've promised prayer to or for. Um, pray for the things in my own life and offer Him. Okay, Lord, can you can you answer these prayers? Right, I offer these prayers to you now. That usually can get me through an hour. So yeah. <coughs> have a structured plan if you're coming in adoration too. Yeah, and that's great. I I, I really like that that kind of idea of structuring. <coughs> You know, adoration time after the mass. That I mean, it makes sense. It yeah, it's, makes a, sense. it's an easy way to kind of remember it and think yeah. through it, right? Yeah. And if yeah. you're like super organized, like my sister, this would be something like my sister would probably do. She'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna spend 218 seconds in, you know, <laughs> examining my conscience, and then I'm gonna spend 12 minutes, you know, praising the Lord, and then I'm gonna spend 8.5 minutes, you know, reading the scriptures. Like, do that too. If you need like an outline." Mm -hmm. And you have to time it out. Do that. Yeah. You know that that we're all different. You know, in terms of our personality, and and the Lord works with that. You know, so come in as you are. If you're a really structured person, like come up with a really solid structure. If you're more like me, and you're kind of just a, your personality is spontaneous, then you come in and you know you can sit and just be spontaneous with it. If you need you know, very direct written things or whatever, fine, bring your prayer book, um, mm -hmm. bring your rosary, do recited stuff. Um, there's great apps on the phone with a lot of those kind of prayers and that, that'll walk you through it. You don't know the rosary, find a rosary app, you know, mm -hmm. find instructions online. There's pamphlets around the church, etc. Yeah, and I, I think like a big thing is <coughs> that, you know, it's a muscle, you know. It you is. You got to build it up and... Uh, and the important thing too is that you know it's not there's almost so many things you can do that sometimes you just have to be like you know like kind of just like i'm just gonna show up yep. and like th that's the most important part yep. you know so many times we can judge 
like our prayer and be like, ah, man, that was just really bad. But it's like, who, who am I to, yep. to judge, judge my prayer? <laughs> and sometimes people will think, well, I'm just not in the right mindset to go into prayer. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I think, I think that's stinking thinking. Now, there is good mindset to really enter into some, like, really good prayer. But when it comes to adoration, like, just go no matter where you're at at that point. You can be angry and in the worst mood or in the worst place. Just go and sit before the Lord in your moodiness. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord can deal with your mood, you know. Yeah. So, like, go and sit with the Lord in your moodiness. See what happens. Like, sometimes I think that's the other thing. Is like, people are like, well, I can't go before Jesus because I'm mad right now. No. Go sit and be mad in front of Jesus and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that there's lots of excuses where people will be like, yeah, but I'm tired. Go sit and be tired in front of the Lord for a little bit. Like, like give it that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I think we think we need to be in this perfect little, like, cocoon in place whenever we go into prayer. It's like, no, not, not necessarily. You know, go be with him with where you're at. You know, I've got a, a good friend who's a nun. She's a sister, not one of our, ha- not one of the handmaids here, but she's always telling me that. She's like, Father, you just need to go sit, you know, with Jesus in the Eucharist. Even if you're feeling la- lazy or tired or angry or upset or happy or whatever, or bored, just go be bored in front of Jesus, you know. <laughs> and it's true, you know. It's yeah. really, really true. Yeah, so um, with all of that, I think... It's just an invitation to, you know, come spend time with Jesus in adoration. Um, we're going to have plenty of opportunity to over, uh, for, well, f- from here on out, really. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a dream out there for me. It, you know, we're doing it once a week, just during the day. But, you know, at, you know just come and, and give it a go if you've never done it. And there's a lot of you that are, have been really great at consistently coming. I believe someday we can have perpetual adoration in this city again, um, but in our parishes. Uh, I believe we can have a designated adoration chapel where people can come to adoration 24-7, 365. Um, but it starts small. It's like a muscle. Mm-hmm. You have to build that up. Same within our lives. If you've never done it, you're not going to run a marathon right away. That might mean come for 10 minutes. Allow yourself 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half an hour before the Lord. You might not be able to do an hour right now. That's okay. You know, I couldn't go run a 10K right now. I need to run like a 0.5K or something <laughs> and then work my way up to it. So uh, spiritual life always models real life. And so, Yeah. Great. Um, well, thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode, and uh, we will catch you all next week. May God bless you and may Jesus Christ be praised.